The room is hushed except for the occasional clink of a coin in a metal collection box or the click-clack of a woman in heels. A few people mill about. It is the middle of the day and the church sanctuary often offers a respite from the baking sun outside. The smell of candle wax and gladiolas hangs in the air. Light filters through the colorful saint-filled windows. Pews creak and your eyes adjust to the light. And then you see her. She stands off to one side, smiling slightly, dressed modestly but neatly. She has an openness about her that draws you from across the room. Though she is just a statue, care shines in her eyes. She can bear any pain that you want to tell her. As you approach, you notice that others have been there before you. At her feet are roses, her favorite. Little notes have been pinned to the hem of her dress. Candles fill her candle stand. Looking up at her, she gazes down toward you. And the old words leap to mind. Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Whether the Catholic Church is in Sweden or Mexico or Nigeria or Massachusetts, it will have at least one representation of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She may be dressed in a flowing blue gown or one that is the colors of the Mexican flag. She might stand on a globe of the earth or be lifted into mid-air by a host of chubby cherubs. She might look serene or trauma-stricken, as would be expected after the crucifixion. She might have pale skin and blonde hair or jet black hair and a brown complexion. But no matter what she looks like, she will be there and she will be honored. Mary is the Catholic Church's image of the Sacred Mother. She is the Catholic image of the Feminine Divine. Greatly venerated Catholics the world over trust her. Her story is told and retold. She has been shaped and reshaped by the Church. In the Catholic tradition, she is the Mother of God and nobody messes with God's mom. <laughs> so if the Catholics have Mary, whom do we have? Feminine images of the divine have existed as long as humans have worshipped. As long as people have experienced awe, there have also been feminine attributes to that source of awe. Just as plants and animals, birds and insects come in various genders, so too has theology had a place for the masculine and the feminine, all times in every place. Hindus and Roman Catholics revere a vast array of men and women, gods and goddesses, male and female spirits. Some pagan and Native American traditions blur gender lines even further by lifting up multi-gendered images of the divine. The folklore of Greece, Italy, Egypt, and Scandinavia gives us whole family systems of gods and goddesses. There is no shortage 
of feminine images of the divine if you dig a little. But where and what are ours? In many ways, Unitarian Universalism has taken Protestantism to its logical conclusion. In the 500 years since the Protestant Reformation in Europe, our spiritual ancestors kept reforming and reforming until Unitarian Universalism reformed itself right out of Christianity. <laughs> in, the in the process, we did what Protestants are famous for. We pitched out anything that even hinted at idolatry, religious imagery, or superstition. No saints for us, no Bible stories for us, no sacred texts for us, no stained glass, no hocus pocus, thank you very much. In 500 years, we took our distaste for all things Catholic and purged ourselves but all but the bare bones of religion. Here in Concord, Puritanism became Unitarian Christianity, which became Transcendentalism. That Transcendentalism led to humanism and today's version of rational spirituality. Of course, there are still vestiges of each phase alive today, but we do not resemble our spiritual ancestors much in word or deed. In the process of continual reformation, we also drove every feminine image of the holy from our churches. It has only been in recent decades that groups of mostly women have worked to rediscover the feminine holy in our union churches. They are working to rediscover a feminism, a feminine force that might have been suppressed or forgotten, but can never be extinguished. In these first few decades of the 21st century, I see Unitarian Universalists beginning to make space for the Sacred Mother among us once again. And this movement is taking place in three significant ways. The first way I have hinted at, women are rediscovering the goddess and they are doing it in our own churches. Adult religious education curriculum like Rise Up and Call Her Name and Cakes for the Queen of Heaven have allowed women in our churches to reconnect with an ancient spiritual force and feminine way of knowing. These classes have allowed women to meet other women and realize how much they have in common with one another and with women throughout all ages. The goddess is alive and well in many of our churches. Second, I think most Unitarian Universalists have moved away from a traditional image of God Part of the way we have made this important shift is by giving God some feminine qualities, and heaven knows he needed them. If God is neither masculine nor feminine, but both, or something else entirely, then God can no longer be some distant, judging father figure. God must be something more creative and organic, God must be part of the process of birth, growth, death, and new birth. God might not even be called God anymore. She might be called something more woman-friendly. And the third way I think that we are rediscovering the feminine expression of the holy is through our increased connection to the earth. 
We have long attributed feminine qualities to our planet by calling her Mother Earth. We see the Gaia force strongly at work throughout nature. Reverend Barbara Peskin puts it well as she exhorts, for the beauty of the Earth, this spinning blue-green ball, yes. Gaia, mother of everything, we walk gently across your back to come together in this place, to remember how we can live, to remember who we are, to create how we will be. Gaia, our home, the lap in which we live, welcome us. I believe Unitarian Universalism is getting more and more pagan all the time. Maybe not so much in New England, but elsewhere. You check it out when you're traveling. And this is a good thing. Part of our renewed interest in Earth-based religions is the Earth itself. If we see the Earth as our mother, we will tend to give her more of the respect that she deserves. If calling Earth Mother helps us connect better with our feminine life-giving side, then I am all for it. In practical terms, if the Catholics have Mary, who do we have? We have the distinction of being the first denomination in America to ordain women, Olympia Brown, in 1863. That was a long time ago. 156 years later, we have the added distinction of being the only denomination in America with more women clergy than men. As of last year, 55% of Unitarian Universalist ministers were women. No other denomination even comes close. Our recognition of women's equality led us as a denomination to be involved in the women's rights movement. It allowed us to be a church that would welcome lesbian women and the families that they created long before anybody else had a place for them. While it has not always been quick to recognize and include women, Unitarian Universalism has consistently and persistently opened itself up to more and more women leaders. We elected our first woman president of the UUA Susan Frederick Gray at General Assembly just two years ago. We have been made stronger and richer by women's leadership at all levels of church life. But I want to take us back, back to that cool, hushed church somewhere in Mexico, back to that sanctuary apart from the hustle and bustle of life, back to the place where you can come in deep pain, where you can come in deep need, the place you can come to in emotional and spiritual turmoil, back to that statue of Mary smiling gently down on you, listening to you. Where is our altar? To the feminine holy? How might we bring ourselves to the feet of the Sacred Mother? Who or what might offer us such unconditional love? We might give partial answers about community offering us connection, or a walk in the woods providing us comfort, or a particular song or ritual that helps heal us. But are these things something that we all share? 
Or do, do, do they take the individualistic nature of so much of our religious practice, a sort of, you find the feminine in your way, and I'll find it in mine. I think we need to be braver in searching for commonality. We know people need to see themselves in any congregation where they will not feel welcome there. For people of color to be comfortable, there need to be other people of color in church leadership. For young adults to be comfortable in church, there have to be words and music that speaks to them. For LGBT people to be comfortable in church, their partnerships have to be acknowledged and welcomed. And we know it is the same for women and girls. Women and girls need to see themselves represented in our liturgy, theology, and outreach. They need to hear words and music from women. They need to see women in positions of leadership. To feel fully welcome, they need to know that the feminine can be celebrated here. While we may not agree theologically with our Catholic neighbors, there's no denying women are visible and valuable in the Catholic Church. We may not choose to depict the feminine divine in the same way in our own church, but we have no less of a need to make it visible and valuable. On that count, I think this congregation honors women and girls pretty well. At my last church, some people were surprised to see that picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe hanging on my office wall. An older woman even harumphed, well, I didn't expect to see that in here. <laughs> I honor Lupe because she is important to me. Not only does she remind me of Mexico, but she reminds me of the feminine holy. Yes, she is Jesus' mother, but she's other people's mother too. She is the sacred mother, and in some inexplicable way, she is my mother too. I find it reassuring to look up at her and remember that she brings emotional aid and comfort to millions around the world. Her image offers love, it offers hope, she wants a better life for all of her children. She has known pain and suffering. Our Lady of Guadalupe is Mary, and in some cosmic way, she is Isis and the Venus of Villendorf and Quan Yin and Mother Earth. Her female energy joins a vast stream of creative, life-giving water that has flowed throughout all time up to this very day. She doesn't care how you come to see her or if you come at all. She is there as she has always been, steady, patient, gentle, and self-assured. She is the sacred mother. She is us and we are her. She will live forever. So be it, amen. <laughs>